0: You will be avenged, Matt Damon.
1: Hello and welcome to Dice Like Ice, episode number 13. I'm your host, Tony Acton, and with me, as always... The Burton Guster to my Sean Spencer, Andrew Mitchell.
0: That interesting duo choice for this particular episode.
1: I, I just finished watching all of the seasons of Psych. I forgot how much I enjoyed that show and I binged it all.
0: Like, I that that pause was a second for me to go, fuck, I've heard those names. Oh, right, a show I haven't seen in 10 years. Oh, dude, it's fantastic. It's so good. No, it's definitely, it's definitely not bad. It's just I haven't watched it in so long.
1: Yeah, I saw it on Amazon Prime. I was like, I need something to watch so it was just kind of my background show while i was doing the little hobby progress i've done and just other things around the house so uh i'm su-
0: yeah. surprised you didn't try and find something like cursed or spooky for the 13th episode I don't,
1: you know i could have
0: could have uh, I guess the freddy krueger to
1: my jason Well,
0: uh, mm. <laughs> that has a lot of bad connotations for both of us let's That's go back fair. to the cycle all right
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: For any of you who have seen those movies, they're not good people. Shockingly <laughs> enough, <laughs> uh, I mean, anyway, Jason wasn't uh, a
1: terrible person until he got you know fucking murdered. Well,
0: yeah, until he started murdering. Sorry, I guess he didn't
1: but... get murdered. Jason didn't get murdered. Uh, he just drowned. Yeah, well, but then he came back in three, I think, and I guess he
0: was alive. He didn't like properly become an undead guy until like the fourth or yeah, fifth. Yeah, because what the, the, the first, first one are... was
1: his mom.
0: Yeah, those movies are fucking stupid. They're fun, but yeah, they're, well, they're really they're dumb. super fun. <laughs> Freddy vs.
1: Jason still just, a, it holds a special place of dumb in my heart. Oh, um,
0: man, what was it? The seventh Jason movie oh, where uh, there's, a, there's a telekinetic girl for some reason? Okay. It's it's Jason vs. Carrie? It, it gets weird. Well, and
1: then you have uh, Jason X where he's in space. He just wants his machete. <laughs>
0: We gotta put him in the hologram where he bashes a bunch of hologram camp. Counselors. The only,
1: the only good horror movie that has gone to space is Leprechaun, Leprechaun in space. yeah! Oh, fuck yeah! I love that's all of those
0: movies. Such a tremendously dumb series. And I god love it.
1: fucking um, oh my god, Wicket! Fucking what is his name?
0: Warwick Davis. Warwick
1: Davis. I was like the Ewok. Why can I only remember his stupid Ewok? remember
0: the name? Ewok's name. The Ewok's name that's literally never uttered in the movie. <laughs> Before you remember the actors, name.
1: <laughs> well, I I couldn't remember his name from a Willow, or I would have fired that. But Wicket was what popped into my fucking head.
0: Oh damn! I need to watch Willow. This movie it's is like not. Or this, this episode is not sponsored by '80s movies. It is sponsored no. by our normal sponsor, Grip and Rip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you didn't. You didn't crack it when you said that.
0: Oh no, I'm working on it. I was just. I was okay, a fast. I know. One. I was
1: scrambling trying to grab mine off the desk because you were just rocketing through that.
0: We we were going hard off the rails, so I wanted to pull us back with a bit we're of. We're like
1: three minutes in. That's exactly the perfect time to go off the rails.
0: <laughs> I need to watch Willow again, by the way. Yeah, you do.
1: You also need to watch Psych again. So get get fucking crack it,
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, oh, hey, but
1: HBO games. Max does have all of the extended versions of the Hobbit trilogy and the Lord of the Rings trilogy.
0: Well, Hobbit Trilogy sucked ass, but Lord of the Rings Trilogy, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, but I'm a completionist, Uh, and I've actually never seen them.
0: The first Hobbit movie is okay. There are decent moments in the second one, and the third one is almost all bad.
1: Yeah, but it has uh, Benoit Cumberbuns in it.
0: Yeah, uh, Bungle Snatch Cumberpatch.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. Anyway. So what's our sponsor again, Andrew.
0: Yeah, grip and rip. <laughs> ah,
1: shit! Let me drop my phone. Fuck. Oh my god! It's all
0: falling apart, Tony. Well, god damn it.
1: it! I I have both gripped and ripped.
0: Well, my beer's been open for a bit. This is a fucking lucky number thirteen episode. Jesus.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> mm, that is.
0: Hmm. Uh. What What
1: are you drinking I think drinking that one's today? gone bad.
0: You have a bad beer. You got a skunked mm. beer? Yeah, I got a skunked beer. Oof. Well. Ooh. Do you, do Ooh. You that want to... is. Do you want to insert the technical difficulties jingle while you go and get another one?
1: <laughs> oh no, because I, I just bought the one can of it. Ooh. ooh, 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 ooh.
0: All right. Well, uh, what was oh. this uh, delightful beer gonna be before? Well, it was Academia's
1: cast? Skull, their Norwegian wheat ale, which is a solid beer, but um, not that one.
0: Maybe you just got a bad batch.
1: Yeah. Well, I bought a single can because I was I was up at um, Five Points Bottle Shop and they had all the single cans and I was like, ooh, I'm gonna grab that one. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. But
1: uh I- whew. It was not.
0: Bad choice, bad choice.
1: Oh, God. It's like I just took a swig of vinegar. Oh, delicious. It's good for your health, apparently. No. (laughs) I mean, yes, but no.
0: But not when you want a a cool, relaxing academia beer. Oh,
1: yeah. So, Andrew, what are you drinking? (laughs) Oh, well,
0: mine does not taste skunked. Uh, I have a Dogfish Head Camp Amp, which is a uh, milk stout, of course, uh, brewed with graham cracker, cinnamon, marshmallow, cocoa powder, and vanilla.
1: Uh, I still wish... uh, my, my s'more
0: stout yeah
1: that fucking i still can't believe that gross ass beer
0: oh yeah uh what was it? i wish i had saved the can so tony uh, as a as a goof to make fun of me brought a four pack to necromunda <laughs> and it was academia i forget it was a uh, oh god what was the name of it
1: all right academia three shades of black chocolate milk porter maple bacon coffee vanilla
0: stout yeah. uh, he, he definitely got that one to goof on me. The sad thing is, I'm the only one that liked it.
1: <laughs> it was gross, dude.
0: <laughs> no, it was genuinely, it was a little much even for me because maple is a very overpowering flavor. So uh, if it didn't have the maple and the bacon, it would have been great. Because bacon uh, just tastes like liquid smoke if you can taste it at all anyway.
1: I feel like I could have fucking chewed that beer.
0: It was it was legitimately like a it was, milkshake. It was thick. It was ridiculous.
1: Ridiculous. Ew. Zing, zing, zing. Are you getting the pole cloak for that one? Jeez. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't put the pole quote. The pole quote's always you. That's no. your honor. I gotta bring the fire. My name comes first, but you're the first voice they hear. hey ooh. Sultry sounds of the backwoods of Georgia. Yeehaw. <laughs> oh man. So Andrew, what kind of hobby progress you been doing?
0: Oh, hobby progress, hobby progress. Okay, we've had a pretty good bit since it's been close to a month since the last time mm-hmm. we recorded. So uh, the first right, thing I did. It's only I been did, three weeks. I said close to a month. Not fair. Either way, uh, so I got back on the Titanicus train for a bit, and I yep. built myself a Warlord Titan, which, uh, while a fiddly kit, was still nowhere near as bad as the Reaver. I don't know what it is about the Reaver in particular. That because the Reaver's
1: was, feet are stupid. Well, th- th- yeah, I guess that does. The whole that, that, leg that is, assembly sucks on that kit.
0: That is part of it, because the Warlord's foot is, uh, like, excuse me is uh like one flat plane and then you just have to add the tow pistons and that's it whereas the reavers was like 12 more parts than that um the only like fiddly part of the reaver was its back assembly had a bunch of little bits to it and then of course you had to slap on the little generators and stuff on the top so i I had to pull out my tweezers to do that without sending them rocketing across the the hobby room with my big fat fucking thumbs (laughs) Um, but yeah, it took a, a, like a three hours. It was it wasn't as time consuming as the War Master. Nowhere near as time consuming as the goddamn Stompa by any means. So you know, <laughs> I, I'd give it like a solid three out of five build. It was frustrating, but not terrible. Um, after that, I had built, primed, and painted a Cawdor headsman for Necromunda. Uh, Beautiful. didn't see any actual, like, proper gameplay for my Codor team. He did stand as a stand-in model for our uh, latest Necromunda game, which we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, he's fun model. Um, pretty simple overall, actually. Like, the only real, like, detail detail he has is the, like, uh, 20 candles he has on his shoulders and back. It's a really cool model, but he was—he was actually a very quick paint
1: for a static pose. It, he really has like a lot of menace behind him.
0: Yeah, because it's definitely going for like a stoic, like intimidating kind of pose. No, no, uh, leaping off of a hero rock or anything like that.
1: Yeah, he, he looks like he should be standing there staring at you in like a rainstorm. Yeah, like a def- dark alley. He, he has he, that very like I am the night sort I was about of thing. Definitely
0: calling back to Jason. He definitely has like the serial killer monster vibe to him. Although, kind of gives himself away with the 20-some-odd candles on his back.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Uh,
0: after I finished him, I went back to my orc backlog. I finally got back to it a bit. Uh, I wanted to make some some significant jumps in my backlog, so I went for some of my largest stuff. So uh, I fully painted... These were all already built. They were just sitting on my shelf. Fully painted four Death dreads, other than the basing, because I'm going to do it all at once, because I'm a crazy person. Um pretty fun. I didn't go super crazy with like kill markings or doing checks and banners and stuff like that on them. I'll get back to those eventually. I just wanted to have a solid like this is done, this is more than tabletop ready. It's ready to go whenever I want it to. Mm-hmm. Um so I got those knocked out. I also did the same thing with a knot which uh a lot of flat spaces on that model. So honestly, once I got the base coat blue done and gave everything a wash. It really went very quickly. Um, it's, I, I don't know, something about those jumbo models like that. I guess it's like, it's like painting a tank, where it really doesn't take that long once you know what you're doing with it. Um, yeah, so. the,
1: the flat surfaces on tanks are what get kind of weird, because they can look very bland if you're not careful. Or if you not try to wash them too heavily, they just look really like stained.
0: Yeah, you get kind of that spotty sort of yeah. thing. Which, which kind of works have. for orcs. Yeah, I did have that with the Morkonaut, which it worked totally fine, because I'm going with a pretty corroded sort of look like um most of the stuff has like spots of brown and orange on it for rust so it's it's totally fine just to look dirty and gross so hey um speaking of uh big open wide surfaces i also started painting my stompa uh been sitting on my shelf for about half a year now and i finally sat down and slapped a bit of paint on it it's definitely not done it's going to be an age before it's done but i did get it yeah. fully base coated and i washed it which only took a half a bottle of Agrax. I expected it to take almost two. Um, so you know, it's it's coming along. It's a big, dumb, fun kit. Realistically, it's probably just going to sit on top of my my finished hobby shelf and look cool. I might get to play with it a few times, but it's one of those ones that's not going to see too much table time. I just it, I've yeah. always wanted one as an orc player, so finally decided to get one. Uh, after that nearly finished painting six cruel boys bolt boys uh the only thing i have left to do on them is the water effects and paint the base rims and then they're done that's it um i i have that that scheme fairly well nailed down at this point i was able to crank them out in about a week which is good because uh there's a good chance i'm going to bring some of them uh with us to a uh, gaming tournament we're going to that we'll talk about later um it's just a small little local one just a little one you know after that, uh, I bought and built uh, two Ogryn Servitors for Necromunda, as well as two Ambots. Um, got those base-coated. I started on the Ogren, uh yesterday, and I was able to get their skin completely done. Just built up the skin tones. Uh, felt like it did fairly well on them. I was even able to paint eyes, which was really hard, because they have really tiny, beady eyes. <laughs> but it worked out. I didn't fuck it up too horribly. Maybe if you look really close, you'll be able to notice, but whatever. Um, and then I actually just started, to uh, painting their overalls before we were recording right now. And, uh, I am doing what one, uh, Mr. Tony Acton has suggested, and I'm going to paint one to look like Mario and one to look like Wario. <laughs>
1: you know how happy that makes me, Andrew?
0: So dumb. I love it. Oh, it's so, so great. So the one with the, uh, the arc welder is going to be Mario. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's got mean, the, with, yeah. I went ahead and gave him the blue overalls. Uh, he has like the welder's mask on. So I went ahead and painted that red cause I was wearing it. It looks, he's got it like folded up on top of his head so it looks like a hat um, and nice. then all, all like the metal stuff is going to be red um, so it's not going to be like 100% catching the paint, the, the actual scheme for Mario because I'm, I'm not giving him white gloves or anything but it, <laughs> it'll get the vibes
1: I feel um, like next you need to have two uh, ambles and paint one as uh, Luigi and one as Waluigi
0: well, that's not happening because the amble is
1: really expensive these days. That's fair. Oh, um, yeah, I guess they are, aren't they?
0: I, I have the one that I got like three years ago, and it's it's staying just amble colored. <laughs> fair, um, fair, And that is everything that I can remember. So uh, how about your hobby progress this week, Tony? Uh,
1: so life has been life and work has been work, so my hobby progress is not quite as impressive as yours. Uh, I built a corpse grinder gang that will probably never see a tabletop. I just built them because I thought they were cool-ass models.
0: They are pretty rad.
1: They are really rad. Uh, I assembled a smattering of outcasts and kit bashes from some old chaos cultists to make a large assortment of uh, random hired guns and hive scum for our Necromunda campaigns. That way, you know, we can kind of pinch and pull whatever we need with those guys. Uh, I painted a whopping... One, Blood Bowl Skaven, to get my paint scheme down a little bit. Yeah, right. Uh, Built up two snipers for kill team for my Imperial Guard. They actually turned out really nice. Uh, But the thing that I'm most excited about is for Necromunda as well. I took and bought a bunch of the Corvus Cabal kits and got a bunch of... Cawdor bits and some redemptionist bits from my good buddy Andrew over there. Mm-hmm. And I am kit bashing some Cawdor! And, and I am loving how they are looking.
0: Those kits mesh together shockingly well. Oh, they
1: really do. They really do. I got a, I've got got two of them fully painted now and a couple of others in just the starting bases of it. Uh, oh, yeah, and I also really went hog wild doing some Necromunda bases and they turned out Probably some of the best things I've ever painted, <laughs> which is sad. They're going to have models glued over me. I got to see shit on them. But hey, was it, was what it? could you do?
0: Oh, the, the stenciled ones you were showing, yeah. yeah? Yeah, yeah. Those are
1: definitely the best bases I've ever made. They, they
0: actually look really good. I was a, uh, a wild man and decided to freehand my caution stripes. And let me tell you, Tony has the right idea. Use a stencil.
1: No, Phil has the right idea.
0: Oh, Phil, Phil uses a those? stencil
1: and an airbrush. Ah, uh, okay. I use, um. oh, it's not Tamaya masking tape. It's one of the other hobby brands of their, like, uh, I think it's two millimeter wide masking tape. It's just the perfect size hmm. for hazard stripes on those bases.
0: i need to pick some up. I only have, like, basic, like, craft hobby uh, masking tape. So I'd have to cut it in into, like, thirds to be able to get that size.
1: Yeah, I tried it with that to begin with with my old bases, and I hated it. And then when Danielle and I were at one of the hobby shops, I think we were a bit Giga, and I saw it. I was like, oh, buying that. So uh, next time I'll up that way, I'll try to remember to grab you a pack of it.
0: Yeah, uh, if you don't end up doing that, I'll see about ordering myself some, as well as some uh, Microset and Microsol. I need to see about getting some some decals on some of my Blood Bowl stuff.
1: Yeah, that's going to be the fun bit, is trying to do that. Oh, and I did order the Norse team for Blood Bowl.
0: Nice. That was the
1: entirety of my hobby progress over three weeks, which is shockingly light, and it kind of hurts, because that's the least I've done in a long time.
0: Yeah, but you know, you also just from Tony's messages on the Discord is just uh, nothing but busy bullshit. So Yeah, it's <laughs> totally uh, understandable.
1: It's, Matt can attest to this. It's been a it's been a hell of a month for restaurants. So Yeah, the uh,
0: the, the joys of being a sandwich are.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, what about games? What kind of games you got in? For games. once, it's not just you and I playing against each other and everything. Yeah, game. we
0: actually we did play against each other a little bit, but mostly yeah. it was other people.
1: Yeah, but not in like a full game. I don't think you no. and I had a single full game this time.
0: We really didn't. Um, so for the first time, I tried out uh, Kill Team. I played against our friend Matt, who is one of the guys who uh, is in our Necromunda gang. Um, we did Orcs versus Space Wolves. Uh, I had very hot dice for it, and his were Holy pretty ice cold. Holy shit, you did. Um, we figured out later that he was using uh, not all of the rules, so his Space Wolves would have been a lot better if he'd have known that, but, you know, it was just a learning match, so we're not too worried about yeah, it. Yeah, we was thought also, everything
1: had two activations. We didn't realize they had three activations each.
0: Yeah, that would have changed things pretty drastically. Oh,
1: yeah. um, <laughs> goodness.
0: That was that was a stout kicking back on me. Oh, boy. Right.
1: Um, ha, see, that's what you get for not drinking shitty skunked beer
0: yeah well, I was gonna get my bottle of vinegar um oh, I also awful. had no idea what I was doing, so I didn't deploy well my you know communications orc was way off from being able to help stuff out I wasn't telling my my knob to to send orders to people to get bonus activations and stuff like that but um yeah my my general impression with it was it yeah, with it was uh it can be a fun game, but Jesus Christ, their movement system is fucking stupid. Like, oh come on, get, man!
1: Triangle, square, circle, pentagon. What's hard like, about that?
0: I get that it, it's it really just drills down to one inch two inch three inch six inch that's fine but just putting fucking pictograms on it instead of writing one inch two inch three inch it, six inch
1: <laughs> it made it so much harder for my brain to wrap around it than it should have been
0: it genuinely gives like every measurement a solid five extra seconds of going fuck what is that uh let me get my stupid fucking template oh that's a triangle so it goes two inches like and it's not intuitive at all because the triangle isn't three inches the triangle is what one inch it's two uh, inches. yeah
1: triangle is one uh, circle is two, square is three. The thing that really kills it is pentagon is six. Yeah. Not which five. Like, make it a hexagon!
0: It should be a hexagon, the triangle should be three. <laughs> like, whoever okayed this measurement system, maybe not fired, but they should get demoted at Wait, the very I'm, least.
1: I'm cool if square was two and circle was one.
0: Yeah, because that would at least kind of make some sense. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, square divided by two, whatever. But, like, yeah. it's just, uh The measurement system genuinely takes the game from being, like, a four out of five and puts it squarely at a three out of five in my book. It is fucking stupid. <laughs> anyway, so after that, I played more Kill Team. <laughs> uh, I played Kill Team against Starfer and Will. Uh, it was Orcs v. Orcs. He likes the game and actually knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. So uh, we were doing uh, tactical cards, which we skipped on the first time because it was just a learning game. Uh, I didn't thoroughly read my tactical cards when I drew them, so there was a lot of stuff that I was like, I'll do this now. Oh, wait, I need to be in my deployment zone to do that. Oh, well, I'll do this now. Actually, it needs to be on an elevated position to get the points for that. Fuck, okay. So I lost out of a ton of points, and it's I had the same thoughts it's like at its core a fairly fun game but i really don't see myself playing it more than just every now and again when somebody's like i really feel like playing kill team i'll go eh, well okay i guess i will but um yeah no it's very very three out of five game for me it's not bad it's not great it has the core of a good game could be better with some rules tweaking in my opinion um after kill team uh two weeks ago when we had we were playing our necromonday night we got a new player bobby Mm -hmm. um she came by and uh showed us that she knows the rules way better than we do she reads the books a lot more thoroughly than we do turns Uh, out we suck at reading yeah she was she was you know Left and right, being like, I actually think that does that, guys. And we're like, Nah, that, that, nah, it's not how we do it. And then we read the rules and go, Ah, damn, she's actually right. But uh, <laughs> I, I did uh, give her her first actual proper Necromunda match, um, which is that's, all that's of those. Andrew
1: for uh, I took her out back and beat the shit out of her.
0: Well, you know, it's it's. <laughs> The curse of the introductory game: either yeah, the person seriously. teaching you demolishes you, or you get really good beginners luck and get completely demolished. So, it's uh, yeah. So I ended up winning that one, but it was a, it was a good one to introduce it. The the flow, um, the main thing was like having the flow of how the game plays, just getting getting that down, and you know dealing with basic scenarios like, oh, this guy has a flame template. You probably want to try and stand more than eight inches away if possible, and you know stuff like that. So, um. She she seemed uh, pretty fond of the game. Uh, ended up joining us in our Necromunda finale, so it was it was a good time. Um, let's see. After that, I did end up playing uh, two very short, not full matches of Blood Bowl with uh, our my fr- my co-host Tony and our friend Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony had his Skaven and was able they're to get so a fast.
1: They're so fucking, fucking fast. round
0: two touchdown with his gutter runners because they're, they're ludicrously fast. So fast. They've gone to movement plaid. Movement nine is dumb. Oh, it's outrageous. Yeah. Like, my my fastest guy is a movement eight, and then my second fastest guy is a movement seven. So if, if Tony rolls well with his bonus movements, you're getting potentially 11 moves a turn, which is almost all of a Blood Bowl pitch. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, we ended up not quite finishing that in time because we had to go to meet up with our Necromunda group to do our finale for our Dark, up- Dark Uprising campaign, yeah, which and, is awesome. Uh, that was a blast. We had the whole gang there, plus Bobby, yep. who, uh, wasn't part of the campaign, but we decided to invite her anyway. Um, and yeah, it was a super fun time. We're planning on probably having a more in-depth conversation with at least a couple of the guys from our group about it, so, uh, stay tuned for a supplementary podcast when we do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. should be a fun one. Uh, yeah man once again like big thank you to Phil for just the amazing board and arbitrating the whole thing and also to Matt for opening up that space to allow us to play there every week like yeah, big thank much you as
0: uh, much as we like our local game shop it is occasionally full of people playing card games makes makes big giant ridiculous nickermund boards a little bit unwieldy <laughs>
1: Hey, I'm going to give Matt a free plug here. Uh, if you're in the Winterville, Georgia area, which is right outside of Athens, hit up Little City Diner for breakfast or lunch. It's fantastic, and you can see where we play Necromunda. Yeah,
0: you'll <laughs> maybe be able to find one of our uh, leftover activation tokens that we swept onto the floor and didn't pick up on our way out.
1: <laughs> or possibly even an arm. Who knows?
0: Possibly an arm. Models oh, wait, no, you lost the arm before. at
1: your apartment, but we found it.
0: Yeah, no, I got that. Glued it back on. My my zombie lost an arm during Blood Bowl, and you know you it's did. the most most appropriate thing to lose on a model for for that particular game. Sure. Um, yeah. And then after Necromundo, we stayed up way too late and played a little bit more Blood Bowl with Matt. Yeah, we and... did.
1: God, we didn't leave there till like two.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to bed till much too late. But, yeah, it did uh, Yeah, and that was uh, oh, fu- uh did, two nights ago. What is it? Monday? Shit. <laughs> is
1: it? Yes, it's Monday. Yes? Oh God. Yes, so yes that it's is, Monday. That is I was, all yeah. I have
0: gotten done yeah games played done what about you Tony
1: uh well oddly enough I guess I played the same amount of games as you somehow in this set uh, I also did two kill team games one against our buddy will with orcs who plays this game a lot and is very good with his orcs uh, I somehow managed to snatch a win from the jaws of defeat on that one uh I guess it was more he snatched defeat from the jaws of a win hmm if we're being honest because my my dice roll I got really lucky dice rolls at the end and he made one stupid mistake and got a guy out of position uh, but I pulled a 10 to 8 victory but I, I enjoy kill team the movement thing takes a bit to get around but it's a uh, it's a solid beer and pretzels game
0: yeah no it's definitely uh, like i said it's definitely fun it just if it with a little rules tweaking and a little refinement and just chucking out that stupid movement system it would actually be pretty good
1: yeah uh then i played our buddy matt in kill team against his Tau. he used uh, the new Tau rules and you know unfortunately we didn't know all the rules for them because every model has its own individual rules so that one that one wasn't super great uh it was just my guard and his towel it was just a gun line um we learned a little bit of stuff but i don't think it was a super fun game for either of us because it was just all right i shoot you all right you shoot me all right i shoot you all right you shoot me and that and was, was pretty much what it boiled down to this
0: was going while i was teaching Bobby, how to play Necromunda, and exactly. uh, I would look over occasionally, and it's just like World War One trenches—people yeah. just like peeking their head over, shooting a couple shots, getting back down.
1: Yeah, and then uh, the other game I played, other than the Blood Bowl game with uh, Andrew and the Kilty, or the Necromunda finale, is I had a Necromunda game against uh, our buddy Jeff and his Goliaths. Uh, it was one of those control the center objectives. I play Escher, so I'm faster than him, so I was able to get to it quicker. And I don't think I rolled lower than a five that entire game. Every time I pulled the trigger, I took somebody out of action. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was brutal.
0: You were not living up to the podcast name, Tony. No,
1: not not on that one. I was not. But yeah, Jeff was a Jeff was a good sport about it all. It's uh, it's hard to sit there and take that kind of sh- shooting. So.
0: Sometimes, it I mean, it's the problem with dice games, sometimes they yeah. just do not roll well for you, or vice versa, and the other person gets stomped, and you're just like, well, sorry.
1: Yeah, but luckily there were no lasting injuries, and he still had his whole gang in the finale, so at yeah. least there was that. We got a little bit of XP from it all, uh, allowed my plasma cannon champion to hit up uh, ballistic Fuel 2+. And whoo boy, when we talk about that finale episode, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about her. Holy crap!
0: It was it was a very interesting finale.
1: Yeah, for like eight games of her not hitting a single target with a single shot, she made up for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was all the games I played too.
0: So. Oh damn! I just forgot. I remembered that I forgot one. Uh, I also played a match against uh, Matt's Venetars before we ended up playing the finale. Um, that one was uh, the reason I forgot it was because it just oh, went very quickly. Yeah, uh, the, it was uh, it was kind of a feel bad one for him. So yeah, sorry about that. Uh, it's a feel so we bad doing, one for
1: everyone in the room.
0: Yeah, so we were doing a <laughs> uh, uh, flesh or meat harvest. So it was a one I'd actually played against Tony what three or four podcasts ago at this yeah, point. Yeah, something like that. Uh, where I was trying to hunt down civilians to kill them for their meat because we were playing the Dark Uprising campaign. Everything's falling apart. We need food uh, and. Matt was trying to save them for credits, so uh, it was all going fairly well. I would pretty much killed my half of the board, because how they're deployed. We we get turns deploying the civilians, so of course I'm going to put half on my side. He's going to put half on his side. That just makes sense. Uh, so I killed pretty much all mine, and then he peeks his leader's head around the corner, which, I'll be real, I didn't know was his leader. I just saw uh, he, he had converted her from Inquisitor Greyfax, the one that has the big pilgrim hat from uh, mm-hmm. 40k. And I was like, "Oh, big hat! I'm gonna shoot at her." (laughs) And my leader was able to just get a crack grenade right in the face with her. Took her out in one shot. uh, Did a lasting spinal injury to her right before the big finale. So she was everyone
1: got fucking spinal injuries in this campaign.
0: We uh, between all of our common
1: injury type. I had two in my gang alone.
0: Yeah, between all of our gangs, literally all of us got at least one spinal injury. I also got two, one on my first leader and then one on one of my uh my gangers. Like it's it was just what we kept rolling every time there was an injury. So um unfortunately his leader was not able to take part in the big finale because she was in recovery but uh he he also learned a lot about how to build vinatars after this particular campaign so i'm sure whenever he feels like playing with them again he's going to come back with a vengeance beat the shit out of us oh yeah he he has a solid idea of what to do to kill us now oh, but anyway yeah. now that's all of our hobby pro- or our, our games played <laughs> and our hobby progress and but- our
1: hobby progress yeah um so, I want to touch just a second before we roll into our main segment on uh, Warhammer TV? Uh, a couple of new shows have come out. Uh, I've watched one episode of one of them, and that's that's about it. Mm. Though I will say, I really enjoy the Lore Master segment.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, uh, so Andrew, tell us a little bit about uh, the the two the two shows that are the more current ones on there right now.
0: Yeah, as the person who has uh, infinitely more time than Tony, I have actually kept up with most of the Warhammer TV. One stuff. day, Andrew. One, one day. day. When I rule
1: a kingdom of sandwiches. When you're sitting on
0: on your throne of bread.
1: (laughs) My iron throne made of fucking baguettes.
0: (laughs) You left them out for like two days. They got all crusty. Yeah, fair. Um, so yeah, Lore Masters is solid so far. They've actually done a lot of episodes of that mm-hmm. recently, um, mostly as a filler because they didn't have animations ready to go, but that's honestly kind of okay because they're, they're like solid 20 or 30 minute episodes. Like yeah. they, they, they do a fairly good deep dive into whatever topic that they're
1: The one was fantastic. I just watched yeah. it yesterday. Yeah, learned yesterday? a lot of stuff about that. One day. I don't remember when that was. It all went together. Within the past week or so, time <laughs> um, has no meaning anymore.
0: Yeah, uh, but they've done a lot of them so far. They've done Necromunda, they've done Age of Sigmar, they've done Forty K, they flip flop between them. Uh, they've done Bellicor, they've done Nagash, yeah. <laughs> they've done Abaddon. Just kind of at this they point, did the
1: Inquisition as well.
0: Did the Inquisition? Did yeah. Gazgol? If there's like a big interesting character in your setting, they're they're either have already done it or are going to do it. Um, and it's uh, voiced by Wade Price, who has a or narrated by Wade Price, I suppose. Uh, you can actually see his face, so it's more than just voiced. <laughs> um, but he, he does a fantastic job. He has a very good voice for it. Um, yeah, so that's just a solid, all-around good good segment. Uh, Masterclass is still good. They have some other painters other than just Louise Sugden, which I find kind of disappointing, just because their painting styles are a little different than hers, because she does like the really vibrant out-there stuff on occasion.
1: Her um, stuff still like, breaks my brain to watch. Yeah, no. Like I can she, watch it exactly, and I'm like, I still don't understand how you got that final product.
0: Uh, like
1: especially the wet blending one. I watched that like six times. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't get how that turned into that.
0: Yeah, I've tried. I've tried to replicate it a couple of times, and my brush and hands just do not wish to do what she does. <laughs> yeah. So like I'll, I'll keep. I will keep at it, and maybe at some point, I too will be an apprentice wizard. Um, <laughs> But they have a couple of new people. Uh, I'll be real. I hope completely forgot their names. I'm very bad at remembering names unless I write them down. Um, they're very solid painters. Like, they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it feels like it went from master class to, hey, do pretty okay at Warhammer painting class. So, uh, eh, we'll see. Maybe Louise is just busy with other projects. Who knows?
1: Well, like, their, their stuff is still very good, but it's just...
0: Yeah, she's just like it's an not her. above she, them. She's,
1: yeah, she's above them, which is just crazy to think about like they're they're definitely like heavy metal team painters like no yeah. doubt about it they're phenomenal painters but hers is just
0: it's, it's stupid the, uh, if you're playing a capcom game they're an a rank whereas she's an s rank <laughs> <laughs> um so that's still good um after that now we're going to go to the actual like show shows so they released the exodite which is uh about a
1: um like a what towel is? fire team right
0: yeah, what are they? S- the expansionist, expansionist Sphere, or whatever they're called. Oh, they're they're um, like battle fleets. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, a Tau battle fleet is uh, attacking an Imperial world. Um, there is an exodite, uh, Eldar, Eldari, whatever the hell they're called these days. Uh, oh, there actually off... is
1: an exodite in it? I yeah. just thought it was something named dumb about Tau.
0: No, no, it's actually about the exodite. Uh, okay, and it's well, a good, uh, Tau. because the first
1: episode you wouldn't fucking know that.
0: Yeah, they kind of like show the back of his head at one point, and that's it. Um, uh, uh, lost my train of thought. So the Sorry. the Tau send a uh, a stealth suit squadron after him to try and stop him because apparently he's like activating stuff all like ancient Tau or Eldar uh, relics all around the world, which is uh, antagonizing the Imperium to fight more Tau. And you know, the Tau are like, oh, greater good, blah blah blah. Um, I'll be real. This show kind of sucked. Apart from the fact that the animation was amazing. Uh, except for the creepy towel faces. You remember how, how weird and uncanny the fucking human faces were yeah. in the uh, the Blood Angels show? Wow. <laughs> Take away the nose. It legitimately is, like, terrifying. Like, t- I don't know if it's just how it was animated or if it's the fact that they're, like, all kind of a little bit wet looking. Because I guess tower are, like, amphibians or something. I don't fucking know. They look genuinely disgusting. Like Yeah, I recoiled. They're, they're horrifying looking. I actually recoiled. Oops. Bump my mic actually recoiled every single time I saw the towel on screen with their actual faces of <laughs> is awful. So I, like, I don't know if it's an uncanny Valley thing or just how they animated it. I don't know, but it was gross. That being said, everything else is fucking awesome. <laughs> like it has some of the best action in the series. Like yeah. there's, if you want to get a vibe for uh, how Titanicus feels, watch episode two because they got some more Lord Titan action and it is fucking mm. rad. Um, There's just cool combat between Kriegers and Tau Fire Warriors. Like, the the parts where there's actual fighting is cool. It's just everything else that sucks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so
1: here's the weird part with this, is I have the opposite problem with this that I did with Angels of Death. Angels of Death, the dialogue and the narration was really, really good, but the sound, for everything else, sucked. The sounds and, like, everything sounds great in this one, but the dialogue sucked.
0: Yeah, because it was just like
1: was like man, it's so like, close to being really good.
0: Oh, Tau leader, we have t- to track yeah. down the exodite. All right, Sash let's go. oosh,
1: voosh, Doosh. We have both okay. cannons. Beep, Sash, beep, beep, beep.
0: Sash Ovara oh, Fasha bah, bah. We must go track down the Eldare. Oh, that's good. like it. They kind of sounded like they were all on like Quaaludes. Like the voice acting really didn't have much oomph to it at it, all.
1: It was mm. very Team America sounding to me. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like they were no, puppets.
0: I yeah, no. <laughs> like, like I
1: expected one of them to pull up their home and be like, Matt Damon, my damn, my damn, my damon, my Matt damn, Matt damon, Matt damon, and then just unload with a burst cannon. Matt Damon.
0: <laughs> you will be avenged, Matt Damon. Like, there was no like emotion in most of it. The only time yeah. there was like emotion was at the literal very end when the Tau squad leader or whatever screams at the Eldar because he wins. Spoiler, who gives a shit? The show sucks. Like like It genuinely, it felt like right when it was starting to get good, it ended. There's only three episodes. It's less than 30 minutes long because they're nine minute episodes or they're 11 minute episodes and at least two or three minutes of each episode is fucking credits. Like it was, (laughs) it was like a short that they, they chopped up. It was, it was very frustrating and off-putting. So, you know, watch that if you want a little bit of decent action, see some Kriegers, kill some Tau, and see a warlord do some cool shit. You know, that's really about the only reason to watch the Exodite, I think
1: so uh, the other show is uh interrogator right
0: yeah so after exodite uh the the new interrogator show came out which is uh far and away one of the best things that they've done animation wise um it's super stylized it looks a lot like sin city but they, they didn't do quite as much of the way of, like splashes of blood or anything uh it's mostly is it just black
1: and white as well
0: yeah it's just like all black and white yeah, um, they love their
1: fucking monochrome
0: They do, but it works really well in this one because the basic premise is it's about like a former Inquisition interrogator. So he's seen some shit. He's haunted by his past. It's got a very like noir kind of feel to it. You're not 100% sure what his whole shtick is about, but he feels like he might be some kind of investigator or detective or something in an underhive. Just in the first episode, he's dealing with some seedy underbelly type stuff. A A lot of blood and violence right off the bat. Uh, good voice acting, good animation, seemingly solid premise so far, one episode in. so uh, I'm very hopeful that this one makes up for how fucking <laughs> Exodite ended up being. Um, I'm very excited to see the next episode, which I think is coming out on Wednesday. I'm pretty sure so I'll report sure. back whenever I watch more of it. So yeah, yeah. that is a uh, my Warhammer TV update. Not too ah. much going on, but you know enough to talk about.
1: I'm interested to see if they ever do anything live action on it. Yeah, I don't know. Because really I'm what not going to lie. I would go absolutely apeshit for a Band of Brothers style show about guardsmen.
0: That would be cool. And that would probably be the cheapest thing they could do in the Warhammer 40k universe.
1: <laughs> Seriously. But man, could you imagine that? Like how cool that would be if they did it well? Like just get fucking Ron Howard and Steven Spielberg over there.
0: I wonder how much Games Workshop would have to pony up to get them to direct their Warhammer shit.
1: Man, one of them's got to be a nerd. You know they are. Oh, you know know they're nerds. one of them war games.
0: You know they're definitely nerds. I don't know if they're, like, Warhammer nerds, but they're definitely nerds.
1: Get fucking Henry Cavill to play, like, a lieutenant or something leading, like, a ragtag squad.
0: Yeah, he could be the commissar or something. It'd be
1: great. No, he's not charismatic enough for a commissar. (laughs) 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 But yeah, like uh, like dirty, like a dirty dozen style thing, or oh, make him Schaefer and have it be Schaefer's last chancers. That could be cool. That could be. That great. would be cool as shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, possibilities are potentially endless. Even just for Imperial Guard, there's just so many worlds. They like could, they could just make up an entirely new, yeah. new world worth of guardsmen and just have their own completely one-off story unrelated to the rest of the Warhammer universe. It could totally be its yeah. own thing. They could do whatever to the characters. They don't have to be bound by the canon quite as much. You know, obviously within the realms of, like, Chaos does X tier and it's do Y, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But not like, oh, no, fucking Cato Sicarius showed up. We got to have him be the big guy. Ooh. Or, oh, there's Kalgar. Or, oh, there's Abaddon. Like, we don't we don't have to do that. So, but, yeah, I mean,
1: do it versus, like, Traitor Guard with the occasional heretic Astartes in there. Then you don't have to worry about weird CGI shit that much. You could do you a lot wanted, more practical effects.
0: If you wanted to do weird CGI stuff, do the adventures of a rogue trader or something. Then you mm-hmm. could touch, like, every cool facet of 40K. Yeah. That'd
1: there's
0: there's a lot of potential if they wanted to put the money in, and I'm hopeful they do something like that at some point. And I'm hopeful if they don't do that, then they put more money into the animation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, so Warhammer TV, still worth it in my book. Pretty okay. I enjoy it. Plus, you have access to everything else in their backlog.
0: It's true, yeah. They're, they have been adding significantly more in the way of uh, white dwarves and mm-hmm. um, old source material. They have a lot of the Imperial armor books from Forge World
1: on yeah, there. Yeah, that was super neat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the old painting guides, a lot of the previous edition stuff. So if you want to get some of the lore from like first edition Sigmar, um, I think they have some second edition stuff on there too. There's a lot of the really cool older uh, source books from previous editions of 40K. It's yeah, I think
1: this. the uh, the Red Wah is on there now.
0: Yeah, I mean we've got uh, not quite a year worth of Warhammer TV. I think that was August it came out.
1: Uh, yeah, it was right before NOLA.
0: Yeah, so August. So we're we're coming up on a year of Warhammer TV. So hey, we'll be getting our models soon Oh too.
1: shit, I forgot all about that.
0: I uh still have no real need for <laughs> that that sniper model I got, but it is cool.
1: I'm honestly surprised you didn't go with the orc.
0: Eh, he, he honestly seemed kind of like generic mega boss. Like he, he didn't true. have a he didn't have a super cool pose.
1: He uh, wasn't in a fucking fallen statue head.
0: I mean, they could have done more. <laughs> they they could have had him like up on a fallen statue of Sigmar or something. That that's the kind of hero rock I'm okay with.
1: Uh, fair enough. So uh,
0: I wonder, I wonder what they'll do next year. Are they going to do another model for the subscription?
1: That would be great if they did.
0: That would be. They a way used to, to keep do that with people. White Dwarf. That would be the way to keep people going. If you just uh, if it's like, oh, I'm just going to go monthly next time, but if I go yearly, that's a cool
1: model I well, can get. Even even if you go monthly, you still get the model as long as you had it for a year.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you got to maintain a year, which is what the, how they get you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about our uh, main segment now. So this is going to be kind of which, uh, which specialist game is for you. So we've played pretty much all of the specialist games at this point, it being the year of the specialist game and all. So we're going to talk a little bit about the different types of specialist games, uh, some things that are similar to them, where, like, if you like this, you'll probably like this. Uh, what we do like about certain games, what we don't like about certain games, things along that line. So uh, we're just going to kind of start with the top. Uh, Andrew, have you played any Warhammer Underworlds? Warhammer Underworlds,
0: I have not touched once. I own a couple of Warhammer Underworlds warbands, almost purely for the models. Uh, I've glanced at some of the cards before, but I've never actually sat down and tried to play a game.
1: Okay. So I've I've played a handful of games of this in its first edition. Uh It's very similar to, if you've ever played the board game Gloomhaven. Yeah. Uh, It's similar to that. Uh, You're going to have cards that do your activations, things like that. Uh, But it's on a very small board, so this is a really pick-up-and-play sort of game. Uh, So if you like card resource management-style games that are quick to play, this one's for you. Uh, Your war band's anywhere between, like, four and six models, depending on the band. Uh, It's a build-your-own-deck-of-cards, so it's cards out of their set. The downside of this game is that each set only has certain cards. So it's got that kind of a fantasy flight games-esque sort of problem where certain cards that might be good for your warband are in another warband that you have zero interest in and they don't just sell the card packs. So that's the real downside with this one.
0: That is the reason I haven't gotten into it, honestly. I don't want to deal with the deck building. Like if they just, I don't know, it seems a little limiting, but I think it would be more fair if they just like this is your gang's cards stick with them mm-hmm. that and and then there's like i don't know 20 universal cards that everybody knows then yeah if it was like a
1: pack of universal cards that you bought to go the gang cards cool
0: yeah because cool. then because then the, the cards come with the gang it would sure between what 27 and 40 dollars depending on what you get well uh, the 27
1: which... are the ones without the cards oh that's just the, basic the cheaper gang. versions are just the models
0: okay i still need to pick up zarbags gets as well
1: yeah yeah, so that's the cool part about this, is uh, all of these warbands are actually usable in Age of Sigmar. Yep. The, the, um, none of them are good.
0: Well, the, the Cruel Boys one, apparently that guy is actually fairly solid. Uh, really? So give me, okay. Give me two shakes and I will bring up his yeah. rules. Fair
1: enough. I'll still chat about it for a minute. Yeah, uh, there's actually a new edition of this coming out that's got a... Uh, oh, wait, no, that's Warcry. Disregard. Isn't it? No, it is. What? Is it Warcry or Underworlds that has the new start set coming? It's Warcry.
0: No, it's Nether... They just released it. It's Nether Maze. That, that's uh, that's that's Underworlds. That's the one that has the K-Nite, uh sneaky elves and the new uh, models that I'm sure you're particularly interested yeah, in. Yeah, the
1: new Skaven models.
0: Yeah, the new, uh, the new Clan Eshin guys.
1: But that was a very large amount of models for just that game type.
0: I'm looking at it right now. Warhammer
1: Underworld, Nether Maze.
0: Yeah, it has like its own uh, like cardboard board that you. Oh, uh, okay.
1: On. So Nether Maze is different than the old school under. Well, no, it's the same.
0: Yeah, it's it's under the. So they've they've released like five or six editions at this point. They've had uh, what is it, Beast Grave? They have Nether yeah. Maze now. They have Harrow Deep. They have um, shit. What was the ones before that? Okay. No. Well,
1: I guess it's I guess it's just five scaven. I swear I saw a picture with about ten or twelve of them. Maybe it just doubled it out. Probably did. It. Okay. They might, but yeah, whoo, those are so fucking cool. Looking. They
0: might eventually end up getting a Warcry specific rules, but yeah, no, this is uh, this is this is modern Skit Clan-ish and, and oh, they, look, and they awesome. look so good.
1: They are some of the coolest fucking models. Uh, it's it's looking like it's gonna be a real expensive summer for Tony because this is the uh, the rumored summer chaos release. Yeah,
0: no, this is. Uh... If they end up having all the stuff that's been rumored, you are going to be very out of miniature money.
1: Yeah, I'm aware. Though good the good boy. news is, I don't think I'm going to buy the ash waste box. I think I am. <laughs> uh, neither no. neither the gangs. In it. Well, we'll get we'll get to that when we. Yeah, get Yeah, yeah,
0: that, that'll that. be its own thing. Um.
1: Uh. So the thing with Underworlds is it's it's got a lot of that card building card game style in it and it's quick to play. So if you like games like Gloomhaven, uh, Magic the Gathering without friends that are assholes, (laughs) or just really quick pickup games, it's a really good one. Um, There's not a lot of, like, customizing an army or warband between things like there is with 40K and stuff like that. So this is a really good pickup game, sort of game. At least in our area, it's still very niche. So, you know... Local shops for you might have it more, might have it less, uh, but there's a pretty big following for it at conventions and things like that because it kind of bridges that gap between card game, board game, and mini- like big miniature game. Uh yeah, so every, it's not very crunchy.
0: Yeah, every every big tournament I've seen usually has like an offside where there's people playing Underworlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I found the cruel boys guy. It's okay. Manoctacunnin. Um, <laughs> nice. So he has a three attacks from his scary bird, uh, four to hit, five to wound, not too crazy. He has a tri prada and lash, uh, three to hit, three to wound, four attacks, rend one d3 damage, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, his thing that makes him special is he has cunning tactics, or sorry, cunning tricks. Uh, so at the beginning of the the setup, uh, you get to pick a dirty trick for the cruel boys army, which can do a bunch of cool stuff. Um, and what he does is he can roll a die and on a five up you get a second dirty trick which can be super powerful depending <laughs> on like it's 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 a one one in three chance of it actually happening but if it does that can really drastically change a game for yeah. you uh, when he attacks his venom encrusted rule procs on a five instead of a six so that's okay um, and then he also has a uh, <laughs> you lot hold him off whenever he takes a wound he has a five or a um, what is it ah uh, 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 uh when he gets a mortal wound on him uh if you roll a one you take the wound on a two to five one of your crew takes the wound instead and on a six you just ignore it he has a six up oh, Nice. so he's he's for 170 points he's not yeah, a terrible not, like backup guy in a 2000 point army
1: yeah that's not bad at all but uh, uh, oh but the the best part about underworlds is that is where all of the cool ass sculpts are
0: oh my god right
1: Dude, like, that is, it's, it's like they give the guys free reign to just make cool shit. Like, they're super dynamic, super neat models. And uh, if there was a 40K version of this, I would love to see it. It's one of the things we talked about in the last episode. Yeah,
0: there are uh, a few exceptions to that incredible rule, or incredible model rule we just said. Like um, like the, the most zombies The most recent undead gang that came out. It's unfortunately just a very... Middle of the road. It's 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 okay. They're definitely not ugly models. They just don't really have enough like, pizzazz. Like they, it just looks like zombies with Tesla coils in them. There's nothing special about them.
1: It's because no Death Underworlds band will be nearly as cool as the Crimson Court.
0: Ah, uh, well, that is true. They could have come close, I think, but they certainly didn't with this new thing. Yeah, for um, sure. And then the Stormcast guys—they're—they're they're very cool for Stormcast guys. Yeah. I'll give them that. I don't—I don't, I don't really particularly. Bland. Yeah, I don't particularly care for the Stormcast aesthetic, but uh, I, I do admit, like objectively, they're solid models. Um, the Ghoul gang that came out a few editions ago were pretty lackluster. They had like one cool older Ghoul with a beard who looked all right, but yeah. other than that, is okay. But uh, yeah, general rule of thumb, some of the best models Games Workshop ever produces is going into Underworld.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: So if you, if you, it's a good way to like get a feel for a new Age of Sigmar army as well without having to commit to like a full like thousand point warband or something. You just get between four and eight models and that's it. You can, you can have your vampire, you can have your Skaven, you can have your ogre. I mean, it's, it's a good way to, to try out every aspect relatively on the cheap.
1: Exactly. All right, so next up, we're uh, we're sticking in the Age of Sigmar realm for a second, and we're going to roll into Warcry. Warcry. So Warcry is almost like Age of Sigmar skirmish. Uh, instead of having big armies, you have a small selection of things. It's, it's Kill Team-esque in that respect. Uh, so you're going to have the same kind of thing. It runs anywhere between four and, like, 12 models, give or take, on any side. Something like that. Yeah, um, and it's... It's dice-based, it still uses your measurements, things like that, but it's simplified rules. So, you know, you've got armor saves and things like that still, but it's the same, you know, to hit, to wound. The interesting part is there's no, like, it doesn't say strength, it'll be like a sword on the thing. So it's it's really pictography, which kind of throws you the first couple of times you play it. Uh, have you played Much Warcry, Andrew, or just just back with Brett?
0: played about two or three matches overall and i did enjoy what i played um this was back when it was just chaos gangs though so i was playing yeah. Corvus cabal and he was playing untamed beasts i want to say um so yeah because since i played about two and a half years ago they have uh, unleashed rules for every single age of sigmar army yes except for sons of bayamod i think because they're too big um right. So, if you have an Age of Sigmar army, you can play Warcry, essentially, at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, it's got a campaign thing that's kind of different from most campaign supplements, I guess you could call them. Whereas, your gang levels up on its own. It does its own little path tree thing, uh, so you don't have to technically plan a campaign to level it up, which sounds really weird, but it seems like that was kind of the rough basis for the Crusade style for 40k.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Age of Sigmar tends to be the testing ground for a lot of 40k-related stuff. That's why I'm
1: so, hoping AOS 4.0's got alternating activations.
0: Yep, and <laughs> Warhammer 40k 10th edition uh, gets a little bit closer to that as well.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Warcry is kind of Age of Sigmar-lite. Um, I would say it's it's probably like a 2 out of 5 on the uh, the crunchy scale
0: yeah it, there's no like real rpg elements yeah. in general unless you're doing the campaign thing so you're not going to be i mean if you want to you can name your guys but you're not it's not like necromundo where you're keeping track of everybody's individual scores keeping track of injuries or stuff like that you're just doing like individual missions and then after that it's kind of one-off stuff
1: yeah uh war is going to be good for people who want a quicker version of age of sigmar or any miniature game really or people who are curious about the setting and want some of the models this is a really good stepping stone to
0: for, for sure um, of course it's a little different than Age of Sigmar it's, there's a lot more verticality there's a lot more like clambering is, up walls and stuff like that um, terrain actually
1: matters in this one
0: terrain matters yeah uh, general thoughts I'd say it's like four fifths Age of Sigmar one fifth Necromunda just in terms of how people move and behave with their environment would yeah. you say that's fair
1: Yeah, I would. Um, The big issue I've got with this game is that there's been more than one time where, because all all the missions are done by flipping cards, Uh, there's been more than one game where one turn, one of the, I think it's five turns in, you go, there's no way I can win this, do we want to just re-rack and start again?
0: Yeah, there are some games that are definitely... Some gangs that are definitely hamstrung by the way they do rules in this for some for some occasional missions, but uh, yeah. in general, it's usually pretty fair as far as I can tell. Um, I will say for Age of Sigmar 40k, whatever for like converting, this is also some amazing models. Mm-hmm. Like if you oh, want yeah. if you want a particular flavor of Chaos Cultist, this is the place to go to because uh, they got a guy reflecting every single taste of that chaotic rainbow. Yeah, they do. Uh, also some really, really cool side monsters like the Fulmeroid Crusher and the Ogroid Myrmidon. Those are Oh the Ogroid really,
1: Myrmidon's awesome.
0: Really awesome big guys. Very easily converted into like a demon prince or a really cool chaos Spawn or something. Like they're just some awesome models. Um, it's also the place where the beasts of chaos and like the furies of chaos finally got updated models if you want to have some of those like neutral chaos demons in your army. Uh, it's 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 well worth looking into just for the models at the very least, let alone the actual pretty fun game.
1: Yeah. Uh, next, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, and y- you already went down that hole by getting some Corvus Cabal to convert into Cawdor. So I
1: did, but they're all going to be Cawdor. I've built 12 of those guys so far, uh, and I plan on building, let's see, how many?
0: So you need about 12 more.
1: Yeah. So there's 18 in the big box that I got, uh, but two of them I won't be able to use because they're the same like, giant leapy bird dudes, they'll be... I might be able to convert those into something. Uh, maybe got a sure. for anyway, Anyway. I'm um, sure you can figure it out. Yeah, so I got 27 total bodies, but oh, it gosh. kind of breaks down to 25 total that I'll be able to use.
0: Uh, oh, I got two boxes of Redemptious and two boxes of basic Cador. so what's that? That's uh, 32 basic yeah. Codor I had, plus Clovis the Redeemer and a Headsman, so, yeah, I, I got a lot of Codor bodies on my yeah, game. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh so uh, next up we're gonna roll into Kill Team. Which we've already which, discussed a bit. Which we we've discussed a bit, so we're not gonna touch super heavy into this. Uh Kill Team is similar to Forty K light, it's not nearly as rules heavy. Uh so if you like games like forty K, if you if you like skirmish level games, it's that same kind of kind of people who like Warcry, uh but with a sci fi spin instead of a sword and board spin. It's
0: similar thing where if you want to try the flavor of a particular 40k army, this is a way to do it without committing, it. without committing to more than about 12 models. Yeah, which is and a the conversion, really good
1: the conversion opportunities in this one are amazing too. Yes, because yes, you're building for sure. a small kill team. Yeah, uh,
0: and. It seems to be a place where they're also... They're doing, like, a, an underworld thing where they're like, here's some really cool 40k models. That's where we got the new Orc Commandos. That's where we got the really cool new uh, oh, new uh Krieg models. Oh, fuck uh, all that.
1: The Eldar fucking Corsairs.
0: Yeah, the new Corsairs. Damn, the new, those are cool. Even the new, like, Chaos Space Marines. Those are some awesome yeah. skulls. Uh, if you want to go back to previous editions of Kill Team, that's where they introduced... Um, shit what's it called it's the the fat floating tech priest uh who's got like his his fingers steepled in front of him for a long time the kill team box was the only place you could get that guy uh it was a long uh, for a while it was one of the only places you uh, could get is the- that the dominus no, the Dominus is the original one that's, like, okay. creepy and hunched over. This guy's, like, he's he looks kind of like a bowling ball with a hat and he's floating. <laughs> but he's actually a really cool model. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, I don't he's, he's... know if
1: I know that model. That's saying something.
0: Ah, oh, damn it. All right. well, right. I'm, I'm sure
1: I've seen him. I, you had him and Will had him, so I'm sure I've played against him. I actually didn't have him. Okay, well, he was, well, uh, he was on my list Alex of... had him, then.
0: All right. Hang on. Let me... Let yeah, let me just gig it vamp, to me. Vamp yeah. for a second while I find him.
1: <laughs> yeah, um... So, yeah, you can do a lot of cool conversion stuff with Kill Team. Got it. I would say that Kill Team is probably the most tactical version of 40k because it is 100% all about movement and lines of fire. So it's it's definitely like if you like those really tactical games, I would say Kill Team is for you. There you uh, go. I also linked if them you in the pref- Discord. Also, if you prefer to use shapes for measurements instead of numbers, <sighs> that's that's the real audience for this game. Oh my god! Oh, what nah. the fuck? I don't think yeah, I've the, ever seen this model.
0: The the tech priest manipulus. That's who I was thinking of.
1: Oh, maybe I have seen him. I just never realized he had his hands steepled. I assumed his know. hands were holding his stuff. If you look
0: very well, they are. He just has multiple hands. Uh, if you look very closely, he has a floppy disk on his belt.
1: What? No. Oh my god, he does. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, it does. That's that's a cool model. Um, and before I got off on my what the fuck was that model tangent, it was also a place where. For a while, it was the only place to get the uh, Gene Steeler Cult Killer Morph, which is the three-armed cowboy guy with the revolvers. Uh, so that was an
1: old Kill Team, though.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's it's been a place where a lot of the models came yeah. out, similar to Underworlds. Um, yeah, no, like I said, uh, I'm I'm tentatively interested in Kill Team. I just that movement system is very off-putting to me, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Now, Kill Team does have its own campaign thing, it's a whole narrative campaign that's supposed to be really cool, so if you want that, like, like leveling up your squad of dudes and making them into hardened badasses, it it could do that. So I would say it's probably, it's a good 3 to 3.5 out of 5 Crunchy.
0: Yeah, especially if you can get like a second hand gang or if you already have a forty K army, you can just get your hands on some of the uh the, the tactics online, get their book yep. or their uh their their gang roster, what are we calling it, team roster. There we go. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, give it a try. It's you know. it's it's worth looking into at the very least.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh the next one, I don't know if you've played this one yet, Andrew. I know you and I've talked about it a bit. It's Aeronautica Imperialis.
0: I am extremely interested in it. I have just never gotten to actually play it.
1: It's very cool. It is 100% tactical. Uh, you are actually... So what you do is it's based on a hex grid, kind of like Underworlds is, uh, except in this one you lay down your maneuver tokens and you flip them, and that shows what your plane's doing what order they do it. So you don't know what your opponent's doing. So it's not a true blue alternate. Mm. Uh, so if you like games like Star Wars X-Wing or... Uh, It is almost a carbon copy of Sid Meier's uh, Dogfight from, like, 2002. Like, it even plays on a grid. If you like dogfight games and really, really tactical aerial combat, this is the one for you. Uh, The models are fantastic. They're the same scale as Titanicus. Um, So far, they've got the Eldar Faction, Space Marines, um, Orcs. Orcs, Imperium, I, I feel like Tau as well has some ships, but not many.
0: I think Tau, the the most recent one was Necrons as well. Although oh, they have sure,
1: every, Necrons have come out? Okay.
0: I'm pretty sure currently they're Forge World only, but that is gotcha. one of the few things I know about Aeronautica Imperialis, is that uh, you only need like six models. So even if you have to buy Forge World, in the grand scheme of things, it's not yeah, that it's much not as far easy. as a Games Workshop game
1: goes. Uh, it's pretty quick and easy to learn to play. Uh, the rulebook's not very big for it, which kind of surprised me. Most of uh, the information you need is on the card for the planes, so each plane has its own card. Uh, you can upgrade with pilots and equipment and things like that as well to, to spice it up a little. Uh, it's not super crunchy. I know there is kind of an air campaign in it. I don't know a whole lot about the campaign. I've never played in one of their campaigns. So, But it is leveling up pilots, um, dealing with plans that you have plans that you've lost things along that line uh but it's it's not very crunchy but it's out of all the ones we're talking about it is probably the most tactical because you're really having to think what your opponent is going to do and it's not a responding to what your opponent does
0: yeah being able to think what you might want to do and having to commit to it on the next turn can definitely be interesting i think
1: yeah because you're also having to account uh Excuse me. You're also having to account for your altitude, your airspeed, and your angles of deflection on things. Oh. But all of that it's it's plus ones or minus ones.
0: No, oh, okay. It's, so it's hey,
1: I've got an i al- I'm one altitude above it and I'm behind it, I've got a plus two.
0: Is there like a do you have to account for stuff like wind throwing your shots off or anything like that? Or no, is it not quite that granular? No,
1: no, it's it's not it's not that granular. Okay. It's not an Avalon Hill game.
0: yeah you want to actually have fun at the end of it yeah exactly
1: you don't want to sit there for about seven and a half hours playing a dogfight between two planes
0: yeah uh that's definitely one of the ones i'm very interested in eventually getting into um once i've probably finished my my full titanicus legion um and gotten all i care to get out of necromunda at this point it's probably what i'm going to go to next
1: oh yeah yeah, it's, uh, it's a solid one, though. It's it's pretty fun. But like I said, it's not super crunchy. There's a lot of little things that you have to account for in the game, but they take the form of if this, then plus one. If this, then minus one.
0: I also, I really like the idea of the campaign being able to level it up to the point where you can get, like, an ace fighter pilot just so I can play orcs and get Dorred Red Baron.
1: Uh, actually, there is cards for Dorred Red Baron, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that was a real thing. Hell yeah. I'm yeah. very imaginative.
1: Yes. <laughs> But yeah, there's a, each time they release a new faction, there's a card for aces for the nice, they cost points and they're great. They're very well, good.
0: That uh, sounds next, like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fun one. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about a game that Andrew and I don't really know a whole lot about. And that's uh Adeptus Titanicus. I don't know if you've heard of that one, Andrew.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I've only committed like, I don't know, 300 ish dollars into it already, but I, I really don't know anything about it. Tony. <laughs> um, Alexa it- cancel. What'd you like to know about Identus Titanicus, Tony?
1: Yeah, I heard you don't know about it, let me tell you Goddamn fucking thing oh. uh, Yeah, so we've, we've both put quite a bit of time into building, painting, and playing Titanicus at this point uh, If you like big, stompy robots If you grew up in mine and Andrew's generation watching Robotech and Gundam and God help you, Neon Genesis the fucking worst big robot show uh, or if you mm. like things like Pacific Rim or Mech Warrior, I this think is Mech,
0: uh, Mech uh, Warrior's is probably the biggest inspiration. Like if you if oh, you yeah. if you want to play Mech Warrior but don't want to do algebra, this is the game <laughs> yeah. for you.
1: Yeah, this is this is BattleTech Lite
0: here. Hang on, let me get my protractor out <laughs> so I can calculate the angle of my <laughs> shot. <laughs> no, nothing quite like that. Uh, it plays very similar to 40K, although there is a lot of minor differences, such as. Hey. Uh, Keeping track of. uh, You have to. The facing of your Titan is something you have to keep track of. Uh, The heat management. Yeah, because you have to worry about your reactors overloading. So certain really heavy weapons always send your reactor up a spike, uh, but certain actions can make it go down. Taking damage is something you have to worry about. So your weapons can get injured. Your legs can get injured. Like, there's a lot of. It sounds like a lot to keep track of, but realistically, you're not going to have more than about seven or eight minis on the board at once unless you go really night heavy. But even then, they don't have to deal with all that shit, so right. it's, it's, it, it has some cool uh, granularity to it, but without going like full-blown Necromunda.
1: <laughs> it, it's still pretty crunchy, though. I would, I would say it's a solid four.
0: Yeah, on the crunchiness it, scale, for yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's at least a four.
0: And we're we're still just dipping our toes into it, but yeah. uh, it's it's I could definitely see see it being one of like my big obsessions in in the near future, especially since 40k has definitely gone downhill for me in the past year.
1: Yeah, I mean the models are beautiful. It's it's hard not to love piloting a big ass robot the size of a city.
0: Oh yeah, just put the Pacific Rim soundtrack on in the background. Yeah. It's it's great. Uh, also, the biggest selling point. Hey, have you ever wanted to paint? Or build one of the Forge World Titans. Do you yeah. have a normal person's wallet? Okay, play Titanicus.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, these games though do take a little bit of time. Uh, this is one of the longer specialist games we're going to talk about. They don't quite take 40k or Age of Sigmar time, but you're still you're still in it for uh, for a bit at least
0: an hour and a half typically sometimes upwards of two and a half if you're really getting into it and you're really like doing that thing where you stroke your beard and think tactically for 10 minutes you know
1: yeah and uh the thing about titanicus is once shit starts going it starts going fast yes and there is no better feeling than getting an engine kill oh
0: oh man I I don't know why every time I, I I say engine kill I want to hold up my hands in the V eight like they do in Mad Max. Oh it's yeah, not even, for sure. It's not even like associated. It just feels like the right thing to do. Uh,
1: I just I want to just whip uh, a pair of air horns out and just bah, like fucking war sirens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, no, no! You have to do the 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 tried and true forty k sign that a titan has died, and the titan that successfully got the kill just starts blaring this ancient music that they've gotten from the olden times, and start playing the theme from Space Jail.
1: <laughs> oh, see, I was thinking. Also, good too.
0: <laughs> when the titan oh. falls over, though, you just want to hear it perfectly. Come on and slam. <laughs> no it's a super fun game like i have have nothing but good things to say about titanicus except for how annoying the reavers
1: are to build (laughs) yeah that's that's the one negative so far of it Uh, Uh, yeah so that's that's titanicus it's it's probably out of the specialist games that necromanda 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 we's gonna play it uh no necromanda are our two uh probably the two we're gonna recommend most out of these
0: for sure and uh next on the list necromunda
1: yeah uh we've got a three hour plus episode talking about necromunda it's amazing we've
0: now we've played enough that we can properly discuss it and our feelings on it at least so we should probably give it like two minutes
1: (laughs) i'll give it two minutes time starts now go
0: we can, we can gush a little too much otherwise. Yeah. Okay, time starts now. Go. <laughs> um, Decromunda is definitely the most granular of all the games. Like It's the yes. one where you have to keep stats on everything. You have to keep track of everything. You have to keep track of injuries or guys accrue, upgrades that you get from the trading market, like bionic upgrades that you can get. It's fantastic in like tweaking and customizing your stuff, uh, which sounds like a lot, but realistically you're not dealing with a gang of more than about 15 dudes. and Typically yak tribe yes if if you're if you're interested in necromunda and haven't heard of yak tribe check it out it's a website where they got all the rules set up for you they have a gang list creator it is like if they ever want to sponsor us i will gladly take their money because holy shit that is a good product that is a fantastic resource for necromunda
1: yak tribes amazing like it it is it makes necromunda playable
0: Oh, yeah, Necromunda would be incredibly difficult without Yak Tribe, I'll be real. That is that is the one big negative for Necromunda is it's got a lot of rules, which is also one of its positives. But a lot of the rules are there's a rule for everything
1: in Necromunda.
0: It's not the rule book is not the best laid out. That is a big problem. However, there's a lot of online resources of people who have compiled those rules into a reasonable, logical fashion that a normal human brain can think through. I, uh, I don't know who edited the the Necromunda rule book on the GM no side. No one. Of I think that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I think they just like would write a page and just kind of throw it in the document and be like, "Is that in weapons?" Ah, fuck it, whatever. <laughs>
1: uh, so uh, if you like things like D and D, Starfinder, anything super post apocalyptic, uh, now with the Ashways coming out, if you like Mad Max, yeah, Necromunda's is really the game. But it is it is a five plus. Out of five for Crunchy Factor.
0: Oh, so much fun. And in bare minimum, a four out of five all around. Like genuinely, the only knock I have against it is the rule book is confusing. You have to play it a pretty good bit to get the rules down pat enough that you can go, okay, I can play this comfortably. But once you hit that point, man, that is a fun game.
1: Oh, yeah. And then Bobby comes in and tells us all the stuff we were doing wrong, and it just gets even better.
0: How dare she make me have to (laughs) relearn rules. (laughs) that I
1: thought I learned right the first time. This
0: lovely new person coming in and telling us how we're wrong. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, uh, But the other cool thing about Necromunda is it's great as an exhibition game. Yeah. Like, even just one-off games. uh, Usually, in a one-off game, you do about 1,200 credits as opposed to the 1,000 for a starting game. Uh, just to give some variety, but it works great as a one-off. Yeah. Like, it's Uh, fantastic.
0: You can definitely do pickup matches with it. Um, Yeah, that's only like two
1: out of five on the crunchy Factor.
0: That's true. (laughs) Uh, uh, If you avoid falling down the terrain hole like some of our friends. You can also pick up Necromunda for relatively cheap, Uh, even if you want to get a fully fleshed out gang with pretty much every option. You really only need two boxes, give or take, and then if you really get into it and really want to flesh out your gang, pick up maybe one more box of hangers on if you want to get an ambot or something. Mm -hmm. So, realistically, less than a hundred bucks, especially if you want to uh, mm, happen to find the rules online instead of want to carrying a book around I mean it's it's pretty approachable as far as these kind of games go
1: yeah it's it's definitely a solid game uh, plus this game probably has the most opportunity for converting in it oh, so
0: much conversion
1: yeah there's like if you just google Necromunda weirdos, you'll see some of the coolest converted models you've ever seen in your life. And And like, if you've been in the hobby, like I have, and you've got a 20 year old bits box, you can make some cool looking shit
0: sure can and it's the only game this is this is the selling point it's the only game games workshop makes where someone can be standing on a scaffold trying to snipe at someone who gets shot by someone else who then falls and elbow slams a ganger killing them and being totally fine at the end of it totally fine <laughs> totally fine because sometimes dice are dice but you know yeah. nothing nothing says hello like dropping the people's elbow on some poor dipshit below F- you and completely like, exploding them what was
1: it 11 or 12 inches up 12 inches <laughs> <laughs> stupid Oh, yeah, amazing. I'm just going to casually survive this Strength 9 AP minus 3, 3 damage hit like it's nothing.
0: That, that's dice, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then into mine and Andrew's newest obsession. Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl.
0: Are you ready for some football?
1: If you like American football or rugby or guild ball or violence, blood bowl is the one for you yeah.
0: imagine football but the goal is more like murder than touchdowns
1: <laughs> it is uh literally the true fantasy football uh it's got all of your old world teams in it there's not sigmar stuff this is old world Warhammer it is fantasy. the
0: only official games workshop product that is still set in the old world
1: yep that is still currently supported yep until the old world comes out in an undetermined it, amount of time. In
0: between two years or the heat death of the universe.
1: Yeah, probably the second one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Blood Bowl's great. Uh, it can really be a beer and pretzel game.
0: Oh, I'd, I'd say it's it's optimal it's the optimal beer and pretzels game it is far and away the easiest games workshop game to pick up like i know i've said that like three times that a lot of them are easy to pick up this one genuinely you can teach a completely new person to play in under 45 minutes have them completely understand what they're doing because each team is uh tends to have between two and four skills that each player has to worry about at most so they can learn generally
1: the the common skills throughout
0: yeah a lot of them are very useful this guy has dodge my guy has dodge this guy has block my guy has block this guy a lot there's a lot of overlap there are the very occasional ones like oh i'm playing goblins so i have a chainsaw wielding loony he has his own shtick but that's relatively uncommon for most gangs or teams. So, you know, again, it's it's a very, very easy one to pick up and play. All you need is one team. That's it. <laughs> like, uh, you should also get some dice unless you know a person like me who happens to have at least two sets. You should right. also get a pitch, but a pitch can literally just be played on a piece of grid paper if you don't feel like buying the fancy cardboard one from Games Workshop or going even fancier and getting a neoprene one like some people sell on Etsy. Or going um,
1: even fancier fancier and 3d printing a giant one like someone we know is doing
0: we we're done with necromunda for a little (laughs) bit so we gotta get some blood bowl (laughs) oh man Uh, i'm excited to see that one done oh my god
1: man like i love having phil in our group anyway but i really love having terrain phil in our group
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure um but you know just check out the teams there is a flavor for everybody and you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, but like, this is a slow and shitty team. Aren't the elves going to be able to like throw the ball around them and get around? You're not wrong, but consider if you're playing something like orcs or ogres, the team can't score if the team is dead <laughs> yeah. because you can kill other players. You can genuinely pummel them to death, pick up the ball and walk it to the end zone at your leisure. And bada bing, bada boom. You're good. Yup. Uh, that's what Tony was doing on our previous one he has gutter runners they're dog shit when it comes to armor or taking a punch but, but if they God get the ball they're probably they're yeah. gonna score
1: if, if I get across your line with the ball you ain't catching me
0: yeah like if my werewolf doesn't get lucky and just happen to clip you on the way you got it
1: yeah
0: um, no, it's, it's a
1: fantastically fun game
0: There's so many team varieties, there's so many options. Do you want to play, do you remember playing your Imperial Nobles, your Great Sorters back in original Warhammer Fantasy? Cool, they have an Imperial Nobles team. They have the goofy feather caps and everything. They're just helmets now. Uh, Do you like Snotlings? Who doesn't? They have a snotling team. They have pump wagons. halfling they got a guy, team. They, they got a guy bouncing on a mushroom. The halfling guys have ham hocks that they use to knock people down with. Um, there's tree men. There's, there's wood elves. There's high elves. There's dark elves. There's orcs. There's black there's orcs. There's beer
1: pigs now.
0: There's Norse, Norse chaos yeah. guys who have beer pigs and yetis. Yetis. There's the the team. There's the basic chaos team. There's there's Nurgle team. There's There's Nurgles. There's dwarves.
1: Skaven, and then there's mixed bands as well. Yeah, if like you wanted to, you could, play,
0: you could play the Underworld teams to play as Skaven and goblins. You could play as the uh, the Old World Alliance to play as humans and dwarves. You can get an ogre. You can get a troll. You can get your troll to pick up a goblin who has the ball. 50-50 chance he eats the goblin. But if he doesn't, he can throw him into the end zone where he might crash and die horribly. But if you roll a six, he won't. And you could score a touchdown. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a really fun game. Uh, it, like Andrew was saying, it takes nothing to learn. Like really it does is it. fast to learn. I've played a whopping two hours of Blood Bowl and have the gist of it down.
0: Yeah, and there's, you know, a little some some little things. If you want to play like a league, you have to deal with gold management, you have to deal right. with injuries, but it's nothing crazy. It's genuinely easier than playing actual fantasy football.
1: I don't know, man. ESPN doesn't have an app for Blood Bowl.
0: <laughs> but there are Blood Bowl apps out there. There are Blood
1: Bowl apps out there.
0: So at the very least, it's equal to how easy it is to play actual fantasy uh, football, and you get to actually play a fun game.
1: And if normal Blood Bowl is too complicated and fast for, or not fast enough for you, there's another GW uh, game called Blitz Bowl that is actually even quicker on a much smaller pitch.
0: Now, this one I haven't played, so you need to tell people why I've, we should I've buy it. I've played
1: a couple of games of it. Uh, it, is, it is more of the board gamer Blood Bowl. It's very small, very quick. It fits in like your traditional board game size box, uh, and its rules are laid out like a board game are. Uh, what I mean by that is it's like how the, just the rulebook set out. Um, there's other ways to score points other than just touchdowns that are reveal at the top that cycle through. You can score points off of those kind of things. You know, moving so many spaces with so many players, um, throwing a ball so many times in a in a run, things like that. But that one is a Barnes and Noble exclusive, which is fucking de- weird
0: definitely a weird thing yeah. uh i don't know what the store is in europe but they have a similar thing where only one certain bookstore sells it as well so keep an eye out for that if you're interested i i don't even think you can get blitz bowl at games workshop i think it's genuinely it's, only it's through barnes just
1: barnes and noble, barnes noble. Is, um if you so do like blitz because blitz bowl teams are much smaller as well yeah. uh in, in blood bowl you generally want to have two boxes of your guys uh, if you're planning on doing, like, a league or something so you have enough stuff. Uh, yeah,
0: because you, you are going to have injuries. You need to have replacements. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they did recently do a price hike. So if you are going straight from Games Workshop proper, 50 bucks for a box. So $100, but that's all you need. Yeah, it's all uh, you need entirely. But there are also, you know, third-party sellers in eBay. So you can find some Blood Bowl.
1: Oh, yeah. And then uh, with Blitz Bowl, you get the one box. And I think it's, like, 8 Maybe nine models in it, depending. It's it's not a lot. Uh, yeah. And there's actually a fantastic podcast that's dedicated solely to Blitz Bowl uh, called The Crush. The Crush. So if if you like Blitz Bowl, give them a listen. Uh, It's Jody, formerly of the Independent Characters. It's his podcast.
0: And and there is also a recent addition to the Bowl family. We have Dungeon Bowl now. do. I know
1: nothing about Dungeon Bowl.
0: Neither of us have played, but I have read the rules of. Uh, Do you like college football? Cool. Do you like the College of Wizards making their own football teams (laughs) and having them duke it out in a dungeon? Great. Um, This is a An interesting-looking one. They did release their own box of it. It comes with multiple teams. Um, The only issue with that particular box is... Uh, you don't get enough models from each variety to make an actual proper Blitz or Blood Bowl team. It's just Dungeon Bowl only. But it is also potentially a good way to supplement other teams you may already have. Uh, But it plays very differently where um, two to four teams are thrown into a dungeon and you do like the Blood Bowl rules where you're still punching each other and trying to dodge around and stuff, but you're trying to go down corridors and find treasure chests and shit. It's Uh very strange. Um So, you know, first person to get the right treasure chest wins, but there's, it's kind of like Necromunda where you roll a D6 and on a one, it might kill you. So, you know, trapped chests. That seems like a fun thing to throw into your football game.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, Blood Bowl is a great game and it is goofy as fuck. Like just, it is the game of don't roll a one. And you're going to yeah. roll so many ones. Oh, you're gonna, absolutely. You're going to finish the game and be like, how did I roll that many ones? How is it every time my dude tried to move that one extra square, he fell?
0: Playing between the actual board game and the video game version, there's been so many times where it's like, literally all I need to do to score a touchdown is not roll a one. Roll a one. Shit, let me use my last team re-roll. Boom, rolled, rolled, rolled another one. one. <laughs>
1: Fuck. Yeah.
0: Every time.
1: Uh, yeah, that's um, the other thing is uh, Blood Bowl 2, the video game is uh it's a pretty close version of the new blood bowl without its faqs and recent updates with passing and stuff like that and some other little rule changes
0: yeah it's a blood bowl 2016 edition the most the recent update but not the most recent update
1: yeah it's it's definitely a solid analog it'll teach you the base rules for the most part
0: and you can get it for stupid cheap these days because that game came out in like 2013 or something maybe earlier
1: yeah, it's no earlier because it was on it was
0: on original Xbox 360 back. in the No, day,
1: so uh, yeah, the original Blood Bowl was Blood Bowl Two came out in
0: 2017. Mm, okay, okay, yeah, but yeah, good, uh, good game. Good way to check it out. Uh, also has some of the the best Forge World models. Just oh, some of the yeah, most because you can get star players who are just like you know, uh, I don't know football enough. Tony, name an actual star player from football.
1: Like. Aaron Rodgers like well there's no there's no star players that are kind of like these guys I guess Tom well, Brady would be your closest yeah but there's like he's you know the guys the guys but, who
0: can carry games and stuff like yeah that. so yeah a Tom Brady but except for that he's a uh, he's a werewolf who wears a trench coat a, <laughs> or Emmitt
1: Smith if you will
0: yeah you get uh, a guy named Frank frankenstein who yeah. is a frankenstein's monster who's named that because he was two guys named frank and stein stapled together
1: <laughs> i didn't um, know that that's amazing
0: yep because because do you want your football game to have lore because blood bowl has it <laughs> it
1: does it has a bizarre amount of lore it yeah, like was like
0: 40 pages of backstory <laughs> to blood bowl it's hilarious
1: yeah it's uh, it's very surprising just how much background there is in this yeah game. and
0: And it's set in the old world, but it's an offshoot old world where, you know, there's the chaos gods and there's Sigmar and stuff like that, but they all bow before the god Nuffle, who is the god who watches over the great game of Blood Bowl. And that's that's why Blood Bowl is played by so many teams, because they've decided that this is the way to end all squabbles. There's no war anymore. There's yeah, it's all, it's all settled through Blood Bowl. Which is amazing. I love that as a concept. It's hysterical. It's so doofy. For those of you that don't get the joke, Nuffle is for the NFL. <laughs>
1: yeah. When did you figure so that one out, Andrew?
0: I figured it out very quickly, because okay. I played Madden when I was a kid. Okay, good. It was the first game I had when I got an Xbox when I was 12. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Uh, There is one more specialist game that I kind of want to touch on, uh, even though Mm. it's not supported anymore, and that is Mordheim. Mm. Uh, Mordheim is also super crunchy. It is Necromunda in the old world, basically. Um, It's still kept up through a third-party site uh, called Broheim. (laughs) So if if you like that dungeon-crawly, ruined-city the end is nigh sort of style, give Mordheim a shot. Um, the rules for it are decently easy to learn, but like I said, it's like Necromunda, it's hella crunchy. Uh, but imagine a rule book that's actually been put together by people who have been playing the game and keeping it up for the 15 years since it hasn't been in print anymore.
0: Yeah, because they stopped doing it in 2003, I want to
1: say? Yeah, I want to say it was... No, because it came out in 99, I think... I think they discoted out in like oh five or 06.
0: Hmm. But it's much as it feels like that wasn't that long ago. That was actually kind of long ago it was at this point. Kind of long
1: ago, yeah. But those guys do a great job of keeping it up. Um. But it, it definitely falls on the five of the crunchy factor as well. But it's it's a really solid game. It's got a shitload of warbands in it. Um. Same with injuries, trading posts, all that kind of stuff like Necromunda has. Uh. It's one of those games that even though it's no longer in print. I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend that one. Even was, if you can uh, find a group of, like, four or five people, I just do a small campaign with it.
0: Yeah, and I heard a lot of people were disappointed in Cursed City, not even talking about the supply chain issue stuff, mm-hmm. just that it looked like it was going to be the update of Mordheim, but, but it ended up just there. being fantasy uh, Blackstone Fortress, essentially.
1: Yeah. Which, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I guess... I guess we could talk about that being another specialist game, the Warhammer Quest series.
1: Yeah, Blackstone Fort or yeah, there's Blackstone Fortress, there's Cursed City, there's Silver Tower. Oh, there's another one. What's the other one?
0: I mean there's OG Warhammer Quest back from the Warhammer Quest. Which, uh, or whatever.
1: Yeah, and then Hero Quest. Hero Quest. Hero uh, Quest Nintendo. got re released and it's still fantastic. It's the exact same game.
0: Nice. Um, I played a few rounds of Cursed City and it's relatively simple once you know what you're doing, but it's uh, it's pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Um, it's totally worth it just for the models. Those are, again, like the Warhammer Underworld stuff, just some of the best models they put out for those lines.
1: And they're all push-fit.
0: They're all push-fit. That's the interesting
1: thing pretty. about actually a lot of the specialist games. Um, well, I guess it's just War uh, Underworlds, isn't it, that's push-fit? Yeah. Now that
0: I'm look- yeah, pretty much Yeah, Underworlds. No, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, so... Um, PushFit fit is generally their kind of way to get newer players in the Warhammer quest series is if you've got a bunch of friends who play board games, Warhammer quest is the intro to Warhammer for them. It's kind uh, of
0: like D and D light where you do like yeah. some light role play stuff, but you're still like dungeon delving and stuff like that. But you're not going like, Oh, this is my barbarian grogthap. Here's his 12 page backstory. you're know, not, not going near that far.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty light on the, um, like resource management and things like that it's uh you know roll your dice your dice can do certain things you put them into pools things along that line uh but me and my friends played a lot of silver tower after it came out and it was great they they have no interest in playing the actual tabletop version of warhammer but the quest series is a great way to get your friends into the lore
0: yeah, and I, I have friends who have no interest in playing forty K or Aegis Sigmar mm-hmm. who actually sat down and played Cursed City with me and, and
1: generally really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, they're good games. They're solid fun games.
0: Yeah, uh and now you can actually buy Cursed City again mm-hmm. and you can still buy Blackstone Fortress, even though all of the expansions are out of print now. So Yeah, that's kinda weird. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna get the Amble or uh you know, the Chaos Cultists, uh what are the zinch looking guys <laughs> with the flamethrowers and stuff, yeah. uh, you kinda have to pay a pretty penny on eBay unfortunately.
1: Yeah, that's the downside of that. But
0: yeah, it's it's weird that they supported like they still you can buy the actual Blackstone Fortress box for a hundred and seventy or something like that, but they just didn't bother keeping up with the expansions.
1: Yeah, and so. that's that's really the big kicker with the quest games is they're like board games, but they're very expensive compared to similar board games because of the models in them.
0: Yes. I, that's why I bought Cursed City, was because I knew it was going to be a good, long painting project. That was mm. 60 models. That took me, like, two and a half, three months or something to paint all those. Like, that was an actual project. And then at the end of it, I also got a board game.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's kind of cool about it, is if you really think about it, like, you're like, man, 160 that's expensive for a board game. But that's cheap for that many models. That's less than $3 a model.
0: Yeah, no, I've paid that much for a single Games Workshop model before. If you mm-hmm. want to get like a, you know, into Demon Princes or Mega Gargons or something like that, I mean, exactly. They, it's you know, it's it, it's a great value for it if you're just in it for the mini painting.
1: Yeah, but so that's that's the big library of GW specialist games. Um, oh, there's
0: there's one that you've forgotten, Tony.
1: Battlefleet Gothic. I don't want to talk about it. It makes me sad.
0: Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, there's a really good video game if you're interested in in space combat in 40K.
1: Check it out, y'all. I'm very interested in space combat in 40K, which is what makes me sad. It it's was the game. crunchiest. When you have to account for torpedoes and where they're going and like, oh man, it was great. It was a fantastic game, but good luck finding models or rules for it anymore.
0: Yeah, that being said, there is a huge 3D printing community for it. There I is, have seen so many files for, for, I like, have for have Battlefield. I have printed off
1: ships just for... You know, just for like nostalgia's sake, being like, "Man, these are so cool! They're so cool!"
0: (laughs) You just stay up at night stroking your your imperial battleship, stroking
1: my apocalypse battleship.
0: Yeah. No, (laughs) and one one other thing I will say about the video game that has some of the best sound design in a Warhammer game, like the sound of the broadside cannons on the imperial ships. That is like, mm, that's masterful. I'm I'm doing the chef kiss fingers right now. It's it sounds so meaty and so impactful. But it shouldn't sound like anything. Yeah, well, you know, it would be really boring to have a game that's just <laughs> totally silent. It's like, oh no, this giant eldritch alien abomination is coming at my ship.
1: <laughs> it'd be perfect. <laughs> I would enjoy that space. just because I'd be like, God damn it, you clever bastards!
0: It would be. It'd be really funny if they included that as a mode. But yeah, exactly. Uh, with how well they nailed the gun sound effects, though, it would be so disappointing to have have everything be quiet.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, so that's a, that's a specialist games library. The uh, The big standouts are definitely Titanicus, Necromunda, and Blood Bowl to, to me and Andrew. Oh yeah. Uh, Aeronautica's good. They're all good. There's not, out of there's the specialist a, games, there's not a bad game.
0: Yeah, like at worst, there's a mediocre one, but there's yeah. no bad specialist games.
1: And like the mediocre one to me and Andrew, I think both of us are going to call it Underworlds, which is still a very popular game. It's just not I, our cup of tea.
0: I've never played it. I I have no horse in this fight, but uh, my 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 one out of the ones we've talked about, I would say, is a mediocre one is Kill Team, but I've also not played a ton of it. It's just the movement system sucks a butt. That's yeah, all I could say that's about fair. that.
1: That's, that's understandable. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, like Andrew was saying earlier, uh, we're going to a tournament coming up. Uh, it's a little tournament. Not a lot of people have really heard of it. It's called the Nova Open. Yes. It's over uh, Labor Day weekend.
0: We have purchased our tickets. We are signed up for events. We are ready to slam some hams with our our local
1: local Eastern Seaboard buds. Yeah, man. So uh, if uh, you guys are at Nova, come find us. We'll be wearing some bullshit shirt that has our logo on it.
0: We may or may not be getting bowling shirts that have the logo. It depends if we want to spend the money, but I'm I'm on board for it.
1: I'm kind of on board for it as well. Uh, Come find us. We'll give you, who knows, stickers, pins, definitely beer.
0: Let's see what we're doing. We're doing Thursday is open for us. No, Thursday, no, Thursday is, is the Age the of Sigmar doubles. We're going to yeah, do so the doubles tournament. beat
1: the shit out of us in the doubles tournament.
0: And then Friday we're playing in the Necromunda game. We're yep. not doing the full weekend one, but we yeah, are doing Yeah, we're doing as, uh, uh,
1: Necromunda Soldiers, I believe it's
0: yeah, called. Yeah, we're, we're essentially going to be hangers-on for a larger guild. Yep. Um, so we're Saturday
1: gonna we're doing Slaughter Day.
0: Yes, we're playing Blood Bowl for 11 hours. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's eight hours, but it's only three games. But you skipped one thing we're doing on Friday, Andrew. What's that?
0: Laser tag.
1: Oh, yeah. We're playing. We're we're playing uh, in the laser tag tournament. In
0: in real life, laser tag. (laughs) We're doing kill team.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's the best version of GW's kill team.
0: Oh, God. And then Sunday (laughs) is hangover recovery day.
1: Yep. Yeah. Sunday is just hanging out with folks. Uh, Fucking maybe get some open gaming in. Who knows? We'll definitely have at least uh, some Sigmar stuff, some Blood Bowl, some Necromunda. Uh, we might carry our Titans up there, so hit us hit us up. We might have some Titanicus stuff going.
0: Yeah, uh, I, the the games are relatively small, so I could probably squeeze in my four Titans and mm-hmm. my my t- two Knights.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, starts. That's all I'll probably carry.
0: Yeah, I I might bring a Warlord just for flavor, but we'll see. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, we're at the Nova Open. Come check yeah. us out.
1: Should be good stuff. Uh, there's four people from our local group going as of right now. Uh, me, Andrew. Uh, our buddy Matt, and uh, I believe Dr. Chris is also going.
0: Cool. Uh, did he decide if he wants to ride with us or not Is he doing his? Own I, haven't,
1: thing? I haven't I haven't heard. it it's um, it depends on if he's hanging if his wife's going up there with him or not because they've got friends in the area. so
0: ah, well, at the uh, very least three of us are road tripping.,
1: yeah, at the very least three of us are road tripping together, so it's gonna be fun. It'll be a blast. So yeah, definitely come find us at Nova, hang out with us. Uh, we'll fucking slam some beers and slam some hams.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been drunk for four days. (laughs) I
0: will not be drunk the whole four days, but I will be drunk for at least two of the
1: nights. (laughs) Yeah, I will at least be buzzed for three of the days, I imagine.
0: That's fair. I will probably, yes, I will probably have a breakfast beer at some point.
1: (laughs) Oh man, if it's like NOLA, we're going to get handed a beer at like eight in the morning and I'm still going to drink it because I have no self-control anymore of my life.
0: I did not drink mine until after lunch. I very much needed the coffee to kick in before I started the downers, but I appreciated the gesture. I was,
1: I was already a coffee and a half in by the time I was handing my breakfast beer.
0: Oh uh, yeah. where it's just like, Hey, here's a voodoo ranger at nine in the morning. Oof, I'm like, well, right. I'll drink this at some point. Thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, looking forward to it. It should be fun. Um, running Sigmar doubles, going to have, uh, either my Skaven or my Norse blood bowl team and, uh, running some Cawdor and, uh, and Necro.
0: Yeah, I uh, we'll see once the rules come out for wastes I'm either going to run COD or Nomads for sure. Yeah, man.
1: But I think that's about going to wrap it up for episode 13. Yep, sounds like a whole podcast to me. Uh, all right, Andrew, what kind of advice you want to leave us on this time?
0: Oh, um, be sure to change your air filters on your AC unit every six months. Otherwise, it's not going to flow very
1: well uh that's true and actually if you've got pets you want to do that at least quarterly if they're a shedding breed or yourself
0: or a significant other has a lot of hair yes it, it gets trapped
1: not a problem for using me buddy Yes.
0: Uh, well, you know, I got I got a bit of scruff on the face, but that's not really enough to clog the filter. Yeah, I was about to say
1: if your beard hair clogs a filter, you got bigger issues, pal.
0: Yeah, I got a shitty filter. My beard's not spectacular.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, also, make sure you change out the air filter in your car, especially this time of year with uh with pollen and all the debris getting pulled into. it. You definitely want to change those out.
0: Uh, we're an automotive podcast now, and uh, home <laughs> home home improvement
1: podcast. So, hey, you know uh, our yeah. our advice started is dumb bullshit stuff, and now. Now it's helpful life advice. Well, my
0: last one was Wa- don't wash your chicken because that's a bad idea. So you that's know.
1: true. And then gonna... uh, there was another one about when there one about like keeping blankets and stuff in your car. Didn't we talk about that?
0: Uh, something like that. Yeah. I don't remember. See,
1: we're useful. Damn it.
0: Yeah. Just listen to an hour and a half of podcast, and at the <laughs> Dude, end, I'll give you a random tidbit.
1: Four second quip of useful life information. Yep. Exactly. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Goodbye. Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at dice like ice podcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under Dice Like Ice Podcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to Scarlet Saturn for use of their music in our show.